Welcome to the Marie Manucherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 16 years of professional healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse in a Seattle area hospital. My medical background combined with intuitive insights and skill in moving energy have been a catalyst for transformation in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Welcome everyone. Um, For those of you who live in Washington, welcome back the rain. It's very rainy out there. In fact, it's pouring. I think it took us 20 minutes to move from one side of the street to the other earlier today. (laughs) That is a little ridiculous. Yeah. Um, But luckily we left in plenty of time, so not too much complaining in the car while we're (laughs) waiting for the street to clear. Well, now I I think I got to teach you the side oh. roads around there because I can get around down there when it's because I, I mean really? I come in at the same time of day oh, every you're day. you're holding out on me Tom. Well there's little there's <laughs> side roads there's little back ways to go. Okay so. okay we'll be talking after the All show right. and get, get the map <laughs> out. I'll, I'll hook you up with the, the inside scoop on the, <laughs> right. the back roads driving around here. Right <laughs> well everyone welcome to a Thursday evening at the Marie Manu Cherry Show where energy and medicine meet. Tonight we're talking about the other side and how relatives and friends our loved ones what they do how hard they work at helping you. Even though they're not in a body anymore, they are still very, very much alive, living in another time-space reality and wanting to help you as much as possible. Most people feel that way who've crossed over. Most beings want to help. Not everybody's helping because they've got other things to do. There's a completely different world available for them and many, many different things that they could be doing. And now that people who aren't in a body... If they were an adult, they're not paying taxes anymore or mortgage. They're not eating. They're not dieting. You know, they're not driving a car in, in rainy traffic. And so there's many things for them to do if they choose to venture out in the world and participate in more fun things like fly fishing or learning how to parachute or things that we can't even possibly imagine because we're not in a non-physical reality. I'd be out in space someplace. Ooh, yeah. That's what I, would I do. bet you would be. I yeah. totally would be. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you would be. One of the things that happens for me as a medium is I'm amazed and surprised how hard people's loved ones work at helping me to understand who they are. I don't hear names. It's very, very rare if I hear someone's name. So I do need to see what they look like. I need to understand their personality. I even get um, full visuals most of the time of what clothing they're wearing. Some Anything to kind of pique someone's interest or a memory of, oh my gosh, that's Aunt Martha, or that's my cousin Bob, or that's my great-grandmother Josephine, or whatnot. I do believe that the people who I touch do know who I'm seeing, um, thankfully, because their loved ones have worked so hard to let me see what they look like when they were in a body. Most of the time when I look at people, I see them close to the time of their passing. So I don't see them in their 30s or their 20s or anything like that when maybe they looked their best, perhaps. Um, I really do see how they looked before their passing. And the place that I start most often is their hair. So for some reason, hair is a big deal. I do like my hair, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I do. So maybe that's why I always see people's hair and their hair everybody color. Does. You think everybody likes their hair? Um, well, I mean... It's important. That's why people freak out when it's getting gray. (laughs) That's true. Or when it disappears. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Tell me about it. (laughs) So that's where I always start. So if you ever come to see me and and, or you have and you've wondered why I'm talking about people's hair in the room, it's because it's the first thing that I see. Uh, Probably one of the most interesting experiences I've had or what I considered a little 
uh, alarming. Uh, a gentleman came to see me, and uh, most people don't tell me anything about themselves when they come to see me. And, and my assistant, Karen, books all my schedules, books all the people into my schedule. So I really like to move in cold. I, I don't like to know very much about people. So a gentleman came to see me, and we spoke in my living room, as I always do, with new clients. And then we moved into my private office, and everyone lays on a massage table when they get an energy session from me. And um, as, as soon as I started to work on him, I saw a young girl about maybe age 12 standing near the table. This would be somebody who's on the other side. But she was completely engulfed in flames. And, you know, she wasn't crying out or, you know, nothing horrible was happening to her body. She was just, you know, kind of like a hologram of fire all around her. And I ex- described the child to him and also the fiery experience that I was having, which I hadn't seen before, you know, someone on the other side showing me such a descriptive um, picture. And as it turned out, his children um, perished in an airplane accident that um, went up in flames. And, and so there was no way that I would know that it had been several years before. And his daughter worked so hard for me to be able to describe her and the circumstances of her death so that he wouldn't doubt, would have absolutely no doubt about who she is, so that when I translate information from her, that he will know and feel touched by her because there's no way I could have made that up. So, Tom, why don't we hand out the phone number and let people know what lines they can use if they have questions tonight? Certainly. Give us a call toll-free at 1-877-825-8828. That number one more time, 877-825-8828. Or you can give us a call locally, 425-373-5527. Right. And I think we should mention today, you know, happy Obama week. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think everybody's pretty stoked right now. I think so. Yeah, it was wonderful to see on television and, you know, have everyone all over the world so excited. It was just beautiful. Hey, rest of the world, apology accepted. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we're grateful we're celebrating Obama week. Obama four years, actually, is what we're going to be celebrating. Hopefully two terms. We'll see. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Well, we'll see. We'll see. So for all of you who diligently worked for the campaign and for all of you who went out and voted, um, thank you so much. You know, I know that all of us here in the studio are grateful oh, yeah. for the new president that will um, be in the White House in just a few short months. Yeah. Yeah, a whole lot of wonderful. change. Oh, a whole lot of change. A whole lot of different stuff going on. It's fantastic. So why don't we go ahead and go to the phone lines? Okay, we've got Deanne calling from Redmond. Hi, Deanne. Hi, Marie. Um, I had an um, appointment with you in May. Oh, great. On the 13th, and I'll just be really brief because you just spoke of this. Uh, you talked about a man that was there on mm-hmm. the other side, and you described him, and, and I couldn't put a name to it. Uh-huh. After I left there, I found that it was um, someone that it was near and dear to my heart Aww. that lived in another state. He had died on April 17th, and I didn't find out about it until June. Oh, my goodness. But so that's who it was. He had already passed away, but you were unaware he, that he had he, passed. I was unaware, <gasps> and I couldn't for the life of me put together who it was, even though you had described him to a C. So. Right. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. Well, let me do my vet best to plug into him again. And when, when something like that happens... Well, that isn't what I'm calling about. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll make sure that we get to what you're calling about yeah. as well. Okay. Um, you know, that that's just really wonderful of him. It just shows how much he loves you, because he wasn't gone very long, and some people do require some adjustment before they actually um, speak to a medium. So sometimes I'll get family members that are in horrific grief, particularly over people who've lost children, because that's really so hard, you know, to lose a child. Right. And and they call me, you know, within two weeks of their child passing, and, and I always ask it, could you please wait a few more weeks or another month, because I'm going to be better capable to perhaps pull in your person who may be a little confused on the other side at this point. 
And one of the things as a medium is you never know who's going to come through, which is so exciting when you left my office and you found out later that he was there. Right. And you know that nobody contacted me about his death. So sorry. But I'll tell you how I found out. I I dreamt about him, and he told me he was back in this area. He had lived in uh, Southern California, was back in this area, and he wanted me to come and help him put together his apartment. And I could see him out the window, and he was waving at me and and gesturing, I'll be right over. Oh, my gosh. so that's what made me think, and I knew when I had that uh, that dream that something had happened, and so I called and made contacts and found out that he had passed away. That's probably one of the reasons why he showed up in the office is that he wanted you to know. Yes, he did. You know, and he mm-hmm. didn't. You know, he he would want you to know, and for whatever reason, mm-hmm. in the confusion or the pain, yeah. somehow people hadn't reached out to you. Yeah, we had known each other since uh, 1968. Oh, wow, so, that's a long time. Um, anyway. Oh, well, I'm very sorry for your loss. Thank you. You're welcome. And I'm grateful that he's reached out for you this many times because you can still have a relationship with him. Well, absolutely. And we did have a close connection uh, for so many years. I mean, he'll always have a place in my heart. So I was just devastated to hear that he was gone. But... um, but anyway, um, I, I just wanted to tell you that, that, you know, you, you. you were right on target. I just thank you. I had no idea he was already gone. Of course. Well, thank no. you very much. And thank you to him for showing me whatever details he showed me so that you would know for sure who Absolutely. it was. I so appreciate it. So why don't you tell me the real okay. reason why you called? My question tonight yeah. is my mother, who is in her late 80s and mm-hmm. lives on her own, mm-hmm. is, has spirits in her house. Mm-hmm. And she told, she said it's been going on for months, since uh, February or March. She just told me about it. Uh-huh. And she's talking about people that walk through the walls, a woman that walks over and looks at her, and she'll say things like, well, you're getting, you're getting sick, or this Aww. or that, or the other thing. She'll wake up from her nap, and there's somebody sitting in a chair across from her just kind of looking at her. And then she said, they literally flip all over the house. Oh, my goodness. And uh, she said, and this is made me chuckle. She said, they even come in when I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> Which is true. You know, yeah. people on the other side can see us go into the bathroom. They can actually see us having relationships with people I in know. private rooms. Well, I told my mother, I said, they, they, there's no restrictions, but <laughs> right. she is so frightened. Uh, and and I, so I, I told her, I said, Mom, those are your spirit guides, your guardian angels. They're there to help you. They're not going to do you any harm, but tell them. I appreciate you stopping by, but I want my privacy. Please leave. <laughs> now, I don't know if that was right, but uh, she said that there's actually been less, less activity right. this last right. week. So what you told her to do was absolutely correct, because we have free will, and if we choose not to have some paranormal experiences around us, when we have an intention, we can certainly make it disappear completely or have it calm down to a point where it's more comfortable. Most of the time, there are some situations where it's a little bit more challenging. I think a lot of these people who are, and it is very busy in your mother's house, she's right, and it, and it is as if the traffic has recently increased. So this isn't something that was going on for a long time. How old is your mom? She's uh going to be 89. Yep. See, your mom, bless her heart, she's a fighter. Yeah, she is. And she doesn't want to cross over. And right, she's not that's like right. crossing over today, but she is getting older and eventually, you know. Yeah, you told, yeah, that's what you told me in our appointment. Oh, in our mm-hmm. appointment. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so everyone is so excited about it because your mom is fun and she's interesting and she's outgoing. And so all of these people who know her from, you know, different times in her life are so excited that she's going to come over on the other side and kind of mm-hmm. shake things up. See, and, uh, you know, that's what I thought, but I wasn't 
I certainly wasn't going to tell her Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I completely understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to help prepare her for all the fun they're going to have, and they're completely excited. So what you told her was definitely very helpful, but the majority of the people that I see that are hanging out with her are her friends and loved ones who just cannot wait till she gets to the other side. Well, that just doesn't surprise me because <laughs> she's lost. She's lost all her friends now, oh. and and her sisters, and oh. and all of that. So, uh, and I, you know, I try and keep her busy, but but I know that you know she's getting ready to make her transition, and and I felt that there were people greeting her and helping her over and that You're kind of thing. You're absolutely but. correct. And you know, it's funny when I look at your mom. I can't look at at this moment. I don't know when we were in session if if I could. I can't get a total timeline on her because she's so strong willed. Oh, yeah. That she's just yeah. going to push through anything that happens. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So she could live a whole nother decade, yeah. you know, or even maybe 12 years. Yeah. I, I don't think beyond that quite, I mean, even the decade, I'm like squeaking it out to 12 years. It's probably going to be under a decade, but she's still, you know, for her age and to be as well as she is, she's a very lucky woman. Well, I think she is as well. This is the first year she lost her hearing in March. Oh. And other than that, she, she, no prescription drugs, no glasses, no hearing aids, ah. no nothing. She's really been amazing. She is amazing. And But now she's kind of acting like an invalid because she's frightened. Yeah. Well, yeah. I want to put some starch into her again and make her feel better. <laughs> well, you gave her excellent advice, and I'm sure it will help calm down. And maybe in a roundabout way, without mentioning, oh, you're going to be crossing over soon, in a roundabout way, let her know that these are her friends who love her and miss her yeah. and are looking forward to someday when they when everyone can hang out together. Um, you know, if, if indeed that feels comfortable to put that in the sentence, because I think she's going to feel comforted about her friends because your mom um, doesn't like not knowing who could be around her. That's exactly right. So even the idea of the spirit guides, which is true, spirit guides are always around us. She's even like, what? You know, yeah. what spirit well, guides? she said, I've never heard of this before. And I said, Mom, it happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I, I picked up... Um, uh, an alternative uh, newspaper, and I saw that you had a class in October right. on this type of thing. Yes. And, of course, I picked it up at the end of October. Otherwise, I would have brought her there <laughs> because it would have been nice for her to know that this isn't an isolated incident, and it, it's quite common. Right. Well, I'm going to start my um, teaching schedule in January, and I do teach a class called The Other Side more than once a year, and I speak to people's loved ones and friends and really well, talk I'll about it. Well, I'll touch and make sure that we get to that. Excellent. And it's always posted on my website. My schedule for 2009 isn't up yet, but it will be, you know, within the month. Okay. Uh, it'll be up. Thank you so much for calling well, in. Thank you for your help again, Marie. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So tonight we're talking about the other side, and we're talking about how our loved ones and our friends are actually helping us. And our last caller was talking about her mom, and all these loved ones are coming in to help her mother in preparation for passing over. And her mother can sense them, which I think is fabulous. And as we get closer and closer to crossing over, those of us who perhaps weren't feeling that, weren't having those multisensory experiences, we tend to have more of those abilities as we get closer and closer to the other side. And that could be one of the reasons why the caller's mother is having some of those experiences because she's getting closer and closer. The veil is getting thinner for her. I had a very unusual experience, and then we'll get back to the phone lines. Before I realized I was intuitive, I worked for a period of time in Redmond at a skilled nursing facility, beautiful facility that had a retirement center connected to it. And I work in the in the skilled area. I was a charge nurse, so you know it was not unusual for me to have responsibility for about sixty four beds in an evening. I worked swing shift. And I had a rule that if someone was dying in our facility that they wouldn't die alone. And there was a woman who 
had, um, who was retired, who lived in one of the apartments, who had had a stroke and went into a coma and was transferred back to our unit after she was released from the hospital to help her pass away eventually. In other words, you know, she was um, being cared for with hospice care before she left her body. And so I was keeping a close eye on her as I walked the halls and, and saw the other patients. And I stepped outside of her room. It was about 10 o'clock at night. And I couldn't see her chest rising and falling. And I got a little bit, a little bit nervous and, you know, walked into her room, very close to her bed, still not seeing much activity in the chest. So I sit on her bed and put my stethoscope in position to listen to her heart. And as I am about to bring the stethoscope to her chest, she wakes up. I've never met this woman before. She's been in a coma for days. Her family's been, you know, on watch, you know, staying at her bedside and worried about her because she'd been moaning off and on, even though we had on had her on pain medication. And her vital signs didn't indicate that she was in pain. We couldn't for sure guarantee that she wasn't in some sort of pain. All of a sudden, she wakes up. She sits straight up in bed, eyes open, and gives me the biggest hug. And she tells me, honey, I love you. I'm having a wonderful time over there. I'm with my husband, my sister, my mom. I'm just fine. I'm having a wonderful time. It's so beautiful. Please tell everyone I'm fine. Gives me a kiss on my cheek and falls back to sleep, goes back to her coma. And of course, uh, I was shocked because, you know, I wasn't um, who I am today. I wasn't a medium at that point in time. I didn't realize that I was, although clearly the universe was trying to send me as many messages as possible. And I went out to the front desk and called her son and told him what had happened. And he was very appreciative and relieved. So our loved ones work very, very hard to bring messages to us. And sometimes they may not be able to bring them directly to you or to someone who's in grief. But they can bring them to other people who they know will take the information and pass it on. And you don't have to be a medium to do that. You just require some companionship, um, some desire to be compassionate, and a willingness to be a little odd or different. So, Tom, why don't we go ahead and go back to the phone lines? Okay. We've got Lisa calling from Issaquah. Hi, Lisa. Oh, hi, Marie. How are Um, you? Good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Good. Um, I'm, I guess, specifically calling about my mother, who I lost a little over a year ago. Oh, I'm sorry. And I just, I guess I wonder if you see her around me or any, I guess, anything specific about her passing. Sure. Um, I am seeing a woman around you. I do not know if this is your mother or not, because you have a youthful voice. I don't know your age. And the woman standing behind you is elderly. So she has white hair, white or gray curled, you know, like, but she's set it, you know, she's wearing, she has worn curlers before, or she goes to a salon and gets it set. She's wearing a house coat, kind of, um, kind of reminds me of some of the robes I used to have from Sears when I was younger, zips up, you know, um, uh, kind of a white uh, robe to the floor with like pink flowers, kind of loosely fit. She's barefoot, but has a nice pedicure, actually. Um, She has lighter eyes, so blue, green or hazel eyes. Um, and she's very, she's really quite pale and she's elderly. I mean, if I had to guess her age, I'd say she's somewhere in her eighties, um, something of that nature. Does that sound like your mom? Um, no, that doesn't. She was just, um, like 71 and would never wear a house coat. (laughs) (laughs) So does this sound like one of your grandmothers? Um, the curlers kind of throws me. There's no, there's no curlers in her hair at the time, but the way uh, right now, but the way her hair is, I know she doesn't have naturally curly hair or uh, there isn't a ton of natural curl in her hair, and so she sets it, or you know, oh, okay. she goes to a beauty parlor. So that's what I was trying to get okay. across. That yeah, that possibly could be my grandmother mm-hmm. on your mom's side. Yeah, yeah, um, that's who I think it is. And 
did she have a little bit of a temper? Um, not, not really, but could be very stubborn. Okay. Because, uh, when you were, you know, when I asked you, you know, does this sound like your mom? And, and clearly I know you were somewhat disappointed that that's not my mother. Who is that person? I mean, not super disappointed, but a little bit. And she could pick up on it. I could feel her getting anxious. Like, come on, you know who this is. You know who this is. (laughs) So that's why I asked if she tended to get a little angry every once in a while. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and as I kind of clue into her, I'm going to look around for your mom. Was your mom shy at times? No. Would she be shy around someone like me? No, not a, she's really pretty outgoing. Uh-huh, because there's a woman walking behind the woman that I described who's walking in, but she's even walking in kind of sideways where I can see the purple side of her face first, which is kind of an indicator to, of shyness to me. Um, do you believe that your mom avoided her inner work um, significantly? Not at all. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's what I'm getting. So notice, I listen to what people say, but then I go ahead and read whatever okay. I'm reading. Um, do you have your mom on a pedestal? Definitely. Yeah. Okay. You're going to have to take that down a little bit. Just a tad, please. Okay. (laughs) You are, you know, because I I actually think that um, your mom did avoid some of her inner work. I keep getting a picture of someone I know who's been in therapy for a really long time and who actually is a therapist, but kind of picks therapists who are going to... mm, be more agreeable, who don't really get her to go down to her work. And and so I'm not saying that your mother had therapy. I have no idea. But I get that sense, you know, like it's more of manipulating the situation. So you work on what you want to work on, the easy stuff, and appear like you're doing hard work when you're not. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and she told me that you have her on a pedestal, by the way. So that's how I knew. (laughs) And, and that's and this woman that I'm seeing that is is your that I think is your mother, but I don't know for sure. Um, she does have hair, and it's I would imagine her original hair color was more of a lighter brown because I'm seeing some gray with brown in it. Did okay. your mom have brown hair? Um, very blonde as a child, but as an adult, as an adult, um, well, when she passed away, it was gray, mm-hmm. kind of whitish gray, kind of whitish gray. Did she have more brown hair as an adult than than blonde? No. So she was a blonde all the, all along. Pretty much a blonde, yeah. Instead of a light brown hair. Yeah. Be- because it, this is going to sound really weird, and I don't mean to disagree with you. Okay. But you're kind of, and I'm I'm so sorry, but there's a stubbornness to your mom, a lovely stubbornness. Okay. A- and there's this part where you don't want her to be, um, you know, you want her to be perfect on this pedestal that you've placed <laughs> her on, and and because she even says to me, she goes, "No, my hair started getting darker in my late thirties, you know, and." And so I don't want to disagree with you because you know your mother better than me. You've got pictures to prove the color of her hair. Or, or it's just the image I have of her. Right, because when I asked the question, you said, well, no, in childhood she was a blonde. Because there's a part of you that doesn't want to admit that your mom had some stuff to do. You know, it's like you just want to look at her as perfect, sort of speak. And no one is perfect. And at the same time, we're perfect in our imperfection, which now the woman has turned her face towards me because that's what she, she has beautiful lips, by the way, and really beautiful skin. Even in the, the few wrinkles that I see on her face, I, um, the wrinkles are really soft. You know how you look at some people when they have a few wrinkles, they're, they're strikingly beautiful still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how she looks. She's mm-hmm. an attractive woman to me. So she turns towards us, you and I, because um, that's how she is visualizing and experiencing it. And, and in that place of, I'm just kind of going back to my thought processes, 
oh yeah, that nothing has to be perfect. She says you work so hard to make everything perfect. Even the family has to be perfect. Nobody gets to have flaws. You know, everything's okay. And I think that perfection looks like an old growth forest with ferns growing in the tops of trees and moss all over the ground. I think perfection's a little messy, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And, and so she's, and she's giving you the biggest hug right now, just a huge, beautiful hug. I can tell you what it looks like to me that she's wearing. She's wearing um, a shirt that's uh, um, kind of almost like a smock, but it, it doesn't look like it's not buttoned down. It's opened in the front. It goes down to the mid-upper arm. It's got a collar on it. Then she's wearing another shirt underneath it. And then she's wearing some pants that um, are kind of cropped right around the shin. So kind of like capris. Mm-hmm. She's dressed casually but comfortably and more contemporary. You know, so And she's beautiful. You know, And I can tell how beautiful she was as a young person. And so what she's saying to you that it's, it's okay to not be perfect. And she's kissing you all over your face when she's saying it. And um, so anyway, those are my impressions. Did you have a p- specific just question for Just one specific question. Yeah. Literally, she died in my arms and Aww. just said the word, poor Lisa. And I just, there's so many things that that can take on different meaning over the past year. And I wonder if, if she's at all alluding to what that means. Huh. Well, I think as a, in, as if I, w- if I was being held by my children while I was dying, although I'd be grateful <laughs> they were there for me, I think I, I would feel sad for them too. You know, it's, it's a, your mom was a very emotional person from what I can see. And so maybe that was just she felt sorry for you that you had to, you know, hold her as she passed, even though you were thrilled to do it and it was a privilege and an honor for, her, for you. I think that there was sadness for her about it. That's okay. what I think. Is that okay for you? That, yeah, that definition. Nothing about you have a poor life or any, nothing's bad. You know, it's not that type of a poor. Just that she felt sorry that that you had to go through that experience. Okay. Yeah, and and guess what? You get to disagree with anything I say or my findings. <laughs> really, <laughs> I'm serious. No, I mean, so many of it is right on. And um, <laughs> no, I just I just want her to be a part of my life, so I miss oh, her terribly. She's definitely part of your life, and I think that you're going to have a lot more fun with her why you mess up, why you make some mistakes or your definition of mistakes, because that's what she's doing on the other side now. She's, she's, it's almost like I'm hearing her swearing, but not really, but in a way, and I I don't think I can say this particular word over the air, so I'm not going to, but it's like, she's going to work on making mistakes and having fun instead of worrying about being so perfect. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and so you go ahead and do that, too, and then you can do it together and learn from, wow, you can make all the mistakes that you, things that you think are mistakes, and nothing bad will happen to you, and you actually will break some, you know, sort of resistance patterns and begin to be more of the being that you truly are. Okay, and just quickly, do you, is she with um, her parents and her nana? Well, that was her mother that we, were, that we described, is okay. that true? Yeah, so she... Probably, because I didn't meet... M- which would have been my great-grandmother, the other. Mm. But um, she had a favorite Nana that um, died when she was pretty young, but she always wanted to be with her. I don't see her right now. The woman that I described earlier, um, I think you thought it was your mom's mom, uh-huh. not her grandmother. Okay. So, but that doesn't mean she's not with her. I, I, don't, I only see those two people beside you. I don't see anyone else at the moment. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, here's what I would love for you to do is not worry about her. She's in a fantastic place. She's in an amazing, wonderful place, and she's perfectly fine. So, you know, do your best not to worry about her. She's just fine. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Uh-huh. That Bye-bye. was fun. Bye-bye.
So we are on the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet, and we're talking about the other side. We're talking about how your friends and family members help you while you live in a body and they don't. And we will be right back after this short break. PatriciaZielinskiDesigns.com, the place to go for unique, creative, contemporary gifts. As an artist, Patricia's mission is to make cool, creative designs that are affordable without sacrificing quality. Each design is a contemporary work of functional art created out of metal and handcrafted to order with great care and pride. Best of all, everything is priced under $50. Choose from a variety of items such as book accessories, picture frames, bud vases, items for the business person, the wine lover, and even the bird lover in your life. So if you are looking for a gift as original as the person you are shopping for, visit Patricia Zielinski, that's spelled Z-I-L-I-N-S-K-Y, designs.com. A link to Patricia's website can also be found on Marie's website. The Marie Manu Cherry Show is streamed live over the internet. So if you have friends or family members living outside of the Seattle area, wanting answers to life's questions, encourage them to listen to the show and to call into the show to talk with Marie. If you are interested in receiving guidance on an issue in your life, call Marie locally at 425-373-5527 or toll free at one 877 825-8828 for her insight into your situation. Looking for a great place to get the word out about your business? Then why not advertise on the Marie Manu Cherry Show? The Marie Manu Cherry Show reaches a diverse group of listeners from all around the world and was just recently voted one of the top five shows on KKNW. Aside from a professional website, how many outlets do you really have to promote your business and literally reach across the globe? The Marie Manucheri Show has a listening audience that ranges from the U.S., Scotland, South Africa, to Australia, and beyond. Become part of the show and let the world know what you have to offer. Go to www.energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671 to find out more about advertising on the Marie Manucheri Show. Rates are reasonable, and the opportunity to grow your business is substantial. Stay informed with news, traffic, and weather at the top of the hour, weekdays on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. And welcome back to the Marie Menu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. We are live in Seattle talking about the other side, how hard your loved ones work to help you with anything in your life, but also to help you know how much they love you and wish you the best. And so why don't we go back to the phones, Tom? Okay, we've got uh, Meredith calling from Roseburg, Oregon. Hi, Meredith. Hi, Marie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for asking. What can I do for you tonight? Um, I was wondering about my grandma. Okay. She died last Saturday. I'm so sorry, by oh, the way. Thank you. Um, you so I was just kind of wondering, like, how she's doing or where she is. Sure. Or... And you sound so young to me, but the woman I see beside you is elderly. You the know? woman beside me? Yeah. And was your grandmother elderly? Uh-huh. She was 87. Oh, my gosh. And she is a hoot. She cracks me up. She's funny. She's interesting. And she's dancing a jig right by you. She says she <laughs> she wants me to, she, she wants to show you that she's okay and that her legs are working now and everything's working fine. And she's just dancing away all around you. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> I know. Um, she says that you are the apple of her eye. You know, that she just, she felt that there was a special, a special connection between the two of you. 
And, you know, and she says it's, you know, you always love your children and you love your grandchildren. But she said there was something about you. You know, sometimes she wasn't always demonstrative in, in the way that she was. But she okay. said that that she knew that you knew how she felt about you because of the way she would give you a look, mm-hmm. you know, or wink or something of that nature. Does that make sense? I think so, yeah. You think so? You're not sure? <laughs> um, I can kind of see that. Okay. I just want to make sure I'm translating this accurately for yeah. you. Um, she... T- she tells me that her passing was challenging for her. It so, was. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, you know, because sometimes it's so easy. People pass away in their sleep or they, like the woman that I talked about on the air who went into a coma and then, you know, she eventually just drifted away. But um, your grandmother had a really hard time. Uh, at least that's what she tells me. Um, and she just passed recently, you said, right? Yeah, on Saturday. Okay, because she's doing something very interesting. A lot of times when um, people's bodies really deteriorate or they... Um, kind of suffer somewhat, you know, uh, before they pass away. There are these hyperbaric chambers on the other side where individuals get their energy healed before they really kind of spend time on the other side before they have more of an independent lifestyle. And um, your grandmother is slotted for this hyperbaric chamber, but she's putting it off because she definitely wanted to communicate with you. And she somehow, you know, plugged into all of this before I came to the radio station so that she could have a conversation with you. Because once she moves into the chamber, she's going to be in some semi-conscious state for probably about a month, maybe a month and a half while her energy is kind of reformulated um, so that she can have a more fully functioning experience on the other side. So, And, you know, she was a little stubborn, so she's already telling them, no, no, I'm not doing that yet. I can't. I can't. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> but well, she had Alzheimer's. Oh, yeah. Um, but we were all kind of confused about the death because it was unexpected. Mm. How long had she had Alzheimer's? How long did she have Pardon? Hello? Are you still there? Eight years. Eight years, yeah. You know... But did you know that Alzheimer's people die of that disease? Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. And um, that, that's the whole, one of the most interesting things about Alzheimer's because there's all different forms of dementia. And they don't necessarily mean that you're going to die of the disease. But Alzheimer's is, a, when you're diagnosed with it, the outcome at this point in time and has been for a very long time is death. And so it's very common for people to die with, I mean, sometimes within two years, but eight years to 10 years is kind of a typical time frame if it's diagnosed early on um, in terms of what I experienced when I was a nurse. So this is, it's very common for people to die of the disease. It, it doesn't just deteriorate the brain. It deteriorates other things like respiratory function. And so many people get pneumonia or have other infections or problems. And then there's, you know, nutritional problems with Alzheimer's because it's hard to get people to sit down and eat you know, consistently. And so there's all kinds of things that happen that eventually take their life, not necessarily their brain going to sleep, but other bodily functions that occur um, that take their life. So somehow it just didn't get explained to you. you know, right. Maybe yeah. your mother didn't want to tell you or your father <laughs> didn't want to tell you. Um, but yes, and physicians, every physician I've known tells the family member to expect um, the end of the life time period from the disease. Yeah, so I'm very sorry about that. But oh, it, I'm really glad she's on the other side and she's dancing a jig. Oh, that's she, good. Can you tell me if she's in the fourth or the fifth? 
she is on the fourth. So yeah. she she did you know she crossed and went. Wait a minute, <laughs> you know. So she went over to the fifth, you know, very very quickly. And a lot of Alzheimer's patients are spending a lot of time on the fifth anyway because they're not really in their bodies. Their bodies feel uncomfortable for them, and they can't really think well in in a body. So they spend a lot of time on the fifth. And then she went back to the fourth. So she's in the astro plane. She's hanging out, dancing, spinning as much time of, with her family as possible. And then when she finally makes that, you know, kind of final crossing, uh-huh. uh, she'll go to the healing chamber and spend a period of time there. And then she'll be able to kind of come back and forth and spend time okay. with you whenever you need it. So, um, yeah. And then I just have one other quick question. Sure. Um, is there anything that she wants to tell us or is there anything? She was she funny, your grandmother, by the way? Was she funny? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think she was funny. Yeah, because she just, it's its like she wants to make these jokes. And then she goes, no, 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 I don't want to make a joke. And then she wants to make another joke. And the first thing she said is that, she says, everyone in our family takes life way too seriously. Uh, that's what she said. Okay. And, but but then I look at her and I'm like, well, so did you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so she's kind of joking about it, but, you know, but kind of saying, nana, 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 you know, she's mm-hmm. being funny and kind of teasing acting as if she didn't do that when she did, but she goes, yeah, everybody in our family takes life way too seriously. And I, I think when you've been in a body that's not been doing well, and then all of a sudden you feel so great, you want to dance a jig, you know, you can look at how everybody acted while they, you know, while they're still in a body and you can kind of tease them about it. So that's what it feels like she's doing. She's kind of teasing your family <laughs> in okay. a loving way. Okay. Yeah. But she doesn't have any other direct um, things to say that I can see. At this okay. point, yeah. All right. Well, thank you. You're so welcome. Much. Thank you so much for calling in. And again, I'm sorry about your grandmother oh, okay. passing. I thank really you. Am. You're welcome, and have a wonderful evening. You too. Thank you. Bye. 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 So tonight on the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet, we are talking about the other side. We're talking about how hard our loved ones work at letting us know that they care about us and also helping us. So I'm just going to tell you another, what I think was an interesting story that happened to me several years ago. I was um, actually dining in a restaurant and I went to the restroom and while I'm in the stall, you know, doing the restroom stuff, um, a woman appears to me in her mid thirties. She had blonde hair. She was a particular weight and height and she told me that she had just recently died and that her husband was eating in the restaurant and that I needed to talk to him. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is she talking about? You know, some, we're, she and I are having this mental telepathic conference. People on the other side can see who are the ones who can communicate with their loved ones. It's almost as if if you know how to communicate and you're willing to do it, it's almost like there's all this light around the top of your head that says, Here's a woo-woo lady, and she'll, she can talk to dead people. At least that's how I always kind of joke about it. But there's some identifying factor in someone's aura that lets people on the other side know that an individual has those capabilities. So I told her with my mind that, you know, I just had a glass of wine. I'm not great at doing medium work while I'm, you know, celebrating in the evening. And if, he, if she could somehow find a way for her husband to find me on Monday, I'd be happy to pass on a message. And then she just disappeared. And I walked out to the restaurant to join my friend. And I noticed that there was a man sitting at our table. And I didn't think much of it at the moment. And I sat down and he, we were introduced and then he left. He goes, I'll be right back. And my friend told me um, that his brother was in the restaurant with him and his wife had just passed away and that he was very sad and depressed and that my friend had invited them to sit with us. And I'm like, well, of course you did, because I think I just talked to his wife in the bathroom. Um, So my friend was like, well, that worked out nicely. 
I always get a little bit nervous when I have to be out in the real world where nobody really knows who I am and talk about these things, <laughs> talk about being a medium. And so anyway, this gentleman joins our table, and I decided not to say a word, but his wife was screaming in my ear at the top of her lungs. She was telling me that he was in deep grief about her passing. It was un- unexpected. She showed me what had happened that she had had a chronic illness for years, but had managed it really well, and then all of a sudden became very, very ill and went into the hospital and died unexpectedly. And she showed me the critical care room where she had passed away. And um, she was, so she was screaming in my ear, telling me that uh, he was drinking too much because he missed her and he wanted to cross over too, and that it wasn't his time. So, of course, I passed on that message to him, and he just burst out crying, you know, whining, wanting to know why he couldn't hear his wife and why I could, and I explained to him that it takes a lot of practice to learn how to communicate with the other side, and when you're emotionally involved, it's a lot more challenging. So he, by the end of the evening, he promised that he wouldn't um, drive drunk anymore and that he would um, seek some uh, grief counseling. And he did call me once after that and uh, said that he was still working on that. So um, that's how hard people work to help their loved ones and family members on the other side. So, Tom, why don't we go back to the phone lines? Okay. We've got Eric calling from Seattle. Hi, Eric. Hi, Marie. How are you? I'm pretty good, thanks. Good. What can I do for you tonight? Well, um, I have an appointment uh, to see you end of February. Great. Have I seen you before? Yeah, I saw you last Halloween. Oh, wow, that's fun. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that's nice. So um, since that's four months away, um, mm-hmm. I've been thinking about calling you. Um, I have some chronic health problems. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe in the, this four-month time period, um, if I could, if you could uh, right. look in yeah. my energy field and see if there's something, some advice you can give me in terms of blocks to my healing and right. things and- to work on. Did I see you Halloween 2007? Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't just this last one, no, no, right? No, no, no. Right, right. And I think I know who you are. Be- you do, okay. Yeah, I think I do. All right. Um, you, do you have a problem with your pancreas yeah. as well? Yes. Okay. And so, um, sleep disorders. Okay, right. So good. I, I know exactly who you are. Okay. So have you, has your health been improving over it the last... It has. I yeah. uh, haven't been working for a year and a half. I'm uh-huh. on uh, uh, getting medical disability. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been sleeping a lot, which has helped. Mm-hmm. So I am improving, but um, maybe not as fast as I'd like to, of course. I definitely feel that your health is improving. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's, well, probably one of the major things that's helping is that you're thinking more positively. Mm-hmm. You're loving yourself more. Maybe you're going to feel like the word is liking yourself more. Mm-hmm. But you're looking at things more positively versus negatively. And and that's always challenging when you don't feel well and you can't do the work that you love to do. You know, that can make life challenging right. in, in of itself. So I'm giving you big kudos and applause for, for doing that, for sticking in there and feeling something that was challenging to feel because everything around you is showing you something completely different. But and, and is that true? Have you been feeling more positively about things? Yes, yes, I have. I feel more rested, which actually always improves oh, good. Right, right without feeling exhausted and sleep deprived, and yeah. Well, you know what happens is that energy moves in the body based on how we feel, and so even when we feel terrible, if we can somehow choose to have a different experience, like, you know, you're exhausted, you don't feel good, and health issues are coming up, but then you look out the window and see 
a beautiful tree or a bird. And so you make a choice to feel that versus what you're feeling inside your body. And at that moment, you begin to change the flow of energy in your body so that you can feel more positive electrons and protons and subatomic particles move into your body. Do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, And you have been doing this enough. Maybe you weren't as aware of it as perhaps you are maybe now today. And that's why you're feeling better today. It's one of the main reasons. Because when you pull in different energy, that means you can pull in unlimited energy that allows things to transform and transmute. When we continually feel a particular way about anything, then we continue to pull in that type of of energy. And it is challenging when we don't feel good, you know. So you get congratulations and kudos big time. Not to mention the fact that, you know, one of the parts of your disease processes is connected to the solar plexus, which is the immune system. And the emotional component for that is self-love. And and so clearly in my mind, you are liking yourself more. I only see your, I only see your health circumstances increasing. All right. Yeah. You, you are doing such a good job. And you're so cute because even as I said that to you right now, part of you went, well, shoot, if I plan on that, then what if I'm disappointed and it doesn't happen? You know, I've, that's what your body said to me. Hmm. And, um, and when those things start to come up, like, wow, I hope I feel just as um, rested tomorrow with a little bit of fear or anxiety or worry, do your best to move into a different place of feeling like, well, of course I'm going to feel better because yeah. I deserve it. I've worked hard to feel, to feel better in my life. Right. And if one day, if I don't, not to get too concerned about it, just to realize it's one of those days. Good. And so what do you do when that happens, you know, when a day feels a little off? What do you do to not feel too concerned about it? What's worked for you? Um, Well, well, I tend to sleep more when I have those days, but also I tend to just realize that um, it's just one of those days because it's it's a pattern, a couple of good days and then one bad day. Right. So just not uh, try to get wrapped in fear around it. Not feeling that dread like, oh, great, here we go back again. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. And so have you been able to record like how many days in a row you've been able to feel really good? Have you noticed a pattern yet? Um, it's improving. It's getting the, the numbers increasing. Good, yeah. good, good. And and Go and then I would love to hear more of your questions too. But when I'm looking at your body right now, there's an interesting dichotomy with your root chakra going, going on because your vibration and your frequency are shifting. And so the type of energy that you want to pull from the earth is also requiring some shifting but your feet are reluctant at this point to really allow new energies to come up it's almost like your body went well I know how to ground this particular way that I'm comfortable with and I don't know if I'm going to be comfortable grounding in a different way but you need a different kind of frequency that will come up from the earth and nurture your physical body so if you could talk to your feet and give them permission to experience a new type of energy coming up, I think you're going to feel even better. Because the root chakra is the foundation for your entire energetic system. And that particular vortex also vibrates to the first layer of your aura. Um, I call it the physical reality. Some people call it the etheric template. And the template has a hologram on it um, of your whole body, a picture of your whole body in complete and total health. Every organ is functioning enormously well. And in order for that hologram to remind your physical body what health looks like, it needs energy from the earth. And so your feet are just a little cautious about this new earth energy that that is requiring to come through to connect to 
uh, the new frequency that you are running more consistently. So I would have some chats with your feet because I've been working on your feet the whole time we're talking about it. And there's moments where they go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And, and I see the secondary chakras pull up earth energy. And then I'm then yeah. I'm like back to, hmm, what happened to that flow, guys? You know, so I think that if you can have a conversation with your feet, uh, you're going to notice a, a change. Any other questions? Well, just quickly, um, t- talking about people who passed over, um, yeah. I had a grandmother that uh, died four years ago, my mm. mother, and I didn't get a chance. She, she lives in Norway, and mm. I didn't get a chance to go visit her because I had some health problems and couldn't travel that far and, and so forth. So I always felt um, badly about Aww. not being able to see her because she actually requested that she see all her grandchildren before sure. she died, and I was the only grandchild that didn't go. Was she kind of tall for a woman? Um, I'd say medium tall, not excessive, not really five ten, maybe five nine. That's pretty tall yeah, for a woman. Yeah, yeah. okay, because that's who I see standing behind you as a woman who you know taller than me. I'm five six. Okay, all right. You know, and my daughter's five seven. So yeah, so that's a that's a fairly tall woman. All right. She is right next to you. Mm. You know, she was a worrier. Because she just wrings her hands, you know, in a way for me to understand her personality as I'm also gauging her height, you know, so that I can see her well. So she's just wringing her hands. And and then she says, she calls you honey. She kisses you on your left cheek. And she goes, honey, I don't want you to worry like I did. She goes, it's not good for us. (laughs) And she knows that if you could see her, you absolutely would have done that. She absolutely knows that. And as soon as she passed over, she came to you directly to say goodbye and to hug you and, and spend time with you. And um, now she's been visiting more often. How long has she been gone? Uh, four years. Yeah, I got a couple years. So, you know, obviously she's been gone longer than that. But maybe the last two years, she's been really, you know, feeling well enough or feeling um, like she has the freedom to go ahead and go back and forth between the fifth dimension and in the third dimension. Um, she spends time with you and she, she again shows me this wringing of her hands and, and she says, please, honey, don't worry like I did. She goes, that's not a good trait. We, we don't need to be worriers. Um, and she's very happy that you're feeling better. She says she prays for your health all the time. Uh, she says that there tends to be on some members of the family some, you know, more feelings that it's that sometimes illnesses stay for a long time. She says there's been some health challenges in the family, not just with you, but within the family. And she hopes that those um, beliefs disappear, you know, that everyone can live a full and healthy life and not have to struggle, you know, with some of their health issues. Mm -hmm. So, again, she's reminding you, please don't worry. And she just gave you another kiss again. And then there's, like, um, a tray of food appears. <laughs> and then she says um, not to worry that she made sure that it was the type of food that would be good for you. <laughs> so she's right with you, and uh, she is thrilled that you're thinking of her. And uh, please don't worry that her feelings were not hurt. And she's glad that you took care of yourself rather than risking a long-distance travel when you're not feeling well. Okay. Okay? All right. Okay, Thank good. You so much. Thank you so much, and I'll see you in February. Yeah, sounds great. All right, thanks, Eric. Okay, thanks bye. for listening. So tonight on the Marie Manu Cherry Show, we're talking about the other side. So we live in the third dimension. The dimension just beyond ours, the fourth, is a place of travel. It's called the astral plane. So all the people that I spoke to who traveled through the astral plane to come to the radio show or to stand near you as I 
talk to callers today live, they had to walk through the astro plane. Mediums can certainly live on the astro plane. I spend a lot of time on the astro plane myself. So being comfortable to move from the third dimension to the astro plane is really important if you want to communicate with people or visit other time-space realities or even get access to previous lifetimes that, you, that you've had. The fourth dimension is a very busy place. And if we wanted to compare it to a physical reality, it looks like a 20-laned, 20-tiered freeway with every color of the rainbow that you can imagine moving very quickly like cars on these lanes of highway. So it's important for people to feel comfortable as a medium or someone who wants to have a deeper, more paranormal experience with themselves to feel comfortable in this very fast-paced, very colorful, unique situation. And so feeling confident and knowing that you're safe (laughs) and that you are dearly loved as all beings are, is a, I think is a good feeling to kind of pump yourself up with before you go visit on the astral plane. Um, these fields of existence are very close to our bodies. The other side is literally only three feet away from your physical reality. So it's not far away from you. And the astral plane is in between those two areas. So I believe people who live on the other side um, live on the fifth dimension. Whoa. And if, oh. th- if three feet away is as far as it is, and with the amount of people on the planet, I guess it's kind of everywhere. Exactly. We walk into each other's worlds all the time. Just I, I remember the first time that um, I, I don't know if it was the first time that I met you, Tom, or not. It was a while after. A while we, after. We, it was, uh, I bet if we looked through the show archives, we could probably <laughs> we could find, find it. it. Yeah. Um, but I saw Tom's pop-pop. Yes. Around yes. you, your mother's father, correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Right. And, and even though Tom had probably heard I was a medium or, you know, maybe somebody, somebody, something, but it was so cute to see the look on your face because well, I, I mean, described him to you, a you. You described him perfectly. And it was something, I mean, nobody, who talks about that? And I mean, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like you, right. you were in here and we were working. And yeah. uh, I mean, who talks about that at work even, you know? Like, so it was, yeah. And he gave extremely you, accurate. Uh, and he gave you the biggest hug because he really loves you. He's a very loving man, your oh, pop pop. Yeah. Just adorable. No, he's and a great he, guy. He really is. And he, you're a great guy. And that's what he was also wanting you to know what a great guy you are because that's also something that you're recognizing, feeling good and confident about yourself, this right? Is true. And so he worked really hard making sure he shows up when I'm here in the studio. <laughs> so you let me know. Exactly. Oh. And when you said his name, because I don't hear names, right? When yeah. you said pop pop, I got this really beautiful, warm sensation inside my body. And that's how I know that the person that someone's identified is their that person. It's oh. because I get all warm and, and delicious inside. And, <laughs> and and so, yeah, your pop pop, you know, when you said it, it was so endearing. And, and he loved that you re- responded because you almost cried. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very sweet. So, yeah, everyone works hard to communicate with their loved ones. And someday... We're not going to need mediums. Everyone will be able to talk to their loved ones and see them pretty much whenever they want to. That'd be pretty sweet. Won't that be wonderful? It's a whole different way of looking at the world. That's yeah. Because sure. I believe it's normal to be multisensory. I think it's normal to see beyond our third dimensional <laughs> space. <laughs> yeah, we're almost done, but not quite. Um, and so uh, so that's what everyone has forward has has to look forward to. My father's been gone for a few years and I see him all the time and many, many times I'm like, Dad, go back to the other side. Come on, <laughs> you know. 
I know, if it's as cool as everything that you've made it out to be, I would totally be checking out cool stuff. I mean, oh, pretty- you're going to have fun over there. And I agree with your comment, though. You know, my guides always tell me that I'm going to spend about 24 hours in the fifth dimension, and then I'm off to the 17th. And I completely see you yeah, doing the very same I'd thing. I'd be out. I'm out of here. <laughs> well, you know why most people spend time in, in the fifth dimension and don't go off and venture, although it is a huge universe. It's yeah. bigger than the planet Earth. It's very big. It's because they love their family members and their friends so much. They feel so attracted to the Earth plane. Yeah. And so they don't let go and go off and venture. But you will because yeah. you listen well, to your own drummer. Yeah. But I mean, we all make some pretty strong connections. Yeah. Yeah. Planet, so. so I do see your papa again and he's like trying to give you a high five. You know, he's trying to be cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's congratulating you for all the new changes that have occurred in your life. Oh, yes. yeah. And they've been awesome. I know. They've been awesome. I know. So he's congratulating you and he has a cake for you for the birthday that he recently missed. Yeah. yeah. So your, was your birthday at the end of September? Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm usually within six weeks. And so we're right at a six week time period. And so mm-hmm. he has a cake for you. Uh, I you must like weird cake. Do you like weird cake? Because <laughs> I, it's not chocolate, but I do know you like chocolate. So I think you do. Oh, I love chocolate. Yeah, it's not chocolate. It's almost like first it's got your grandfather is very funny. It's got pink candles on it. By the way, <laughs> your sister's birthday isn't coming up, is it? No, yeah. no, her birthday's in May. Okay, yeah. so it's got pink candles on it. Has white frosting. There's bananas in it, and it looks like white cake. So. Hey. That sounds. It's not chocolate. That sounds adventurous. I'm with that. There you go. I'm with that. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> so I want to thank everyone for listening tonight um, on the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. We will be back next Thursday. We will have Phil Larson, who is the author of the book, The Anti Diet. And so I'm very excited to hear about him. He lives in Sedona, so he'll be calling in. And he is also a retired critical care nurse. And so we're going to talk a lot about food and well being. Thank you again for listening to the show. I wish you many, many blessings. Until next week, good night. Views expressed on the preceding program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. This is Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW Seattle, and KWJZ 98.9 FM, Digital HD3 Seattle.